The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, boys and girls, my name is Nubias Wilborn. The name of the marquee is Beard Is on the CSPN Network. Shout out to the Honorable Classic. Shout out to the Honorable Melly for allowing me to do this show each and every week. Coming through your earphones where you can get it for absolutely free just by downloading on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, everywhere else. Beard It Is. Today, we're up in the mountains of Georgia, not too far from Deliverance Country. I think I heard a little banjos playing, but... I avoided that, I skipped it, came on down to see my man Trey Sinclair at Dry County Brewing Company. What's up, my brother? What's going on? Yeah, with that intro, we're going to be getting everybody up here now, I think. So. Hey, man, you know, I mean, hey, but if, once you get past, you know, the, the, the banjo is beautiful up here, man. Seriously, it's the air even feels a little different, man. There you go. So, there you, go. you know, salute to that. And we also mentioned, talking about the air, talking about everything else, the water's a little different up here. So we're going to start right into that. Okay. You guys do some interesting things with your beer tell me about how you treat your water and how you get it from there to your to your brewing system yeah i guess uh we got on that topic you were asking me if we go go straight to ro water you know bring it back all the way all the way pure uh my answer was was no we do run it through a carbon filter we do take the chlorine out we do all that we we treat it right we test it we test the ph we do all that we know we know what we're doing from the science side of things but we don't go all the way to ro and, and build it back up from there per style uh, we leave, leave a little bit in there and, and kind of treat it like like it is kind of salt water. We've got a uh, really good watershed here um, here in this part of Georgia, so the water is is clean, is good, is right for brewing. Um, but uh, but no, we don't bring it all the way back to RO, and, and we don't treat it you know necessarily different per style. We might add a little bit here and there, but uh, but yeah, we like like to have a little bit of our own own character to it. So. And for the listeners at home, RO is reverse osmosis. That's what that system is. They carbon filter here. They have a big filter. Basically, it's like an upgraded Brita filter for those who don't understand what that is. It takes all the chlorine, the minerals, and different things out of the water, brings it back down to an even balance, therefore making for more consistent brewing. And we talked about consistent brewing. One of my favorite beers from you guys, which I guess is your core now, your standard, the American IPA. I had a little bit of it earlier. It's not too bitter, but it's not too juicy. I hate that word, by the way, but you know it's not too citrusy, citrusy, <laughs> yeah, right? Or piney. Yep. Something about this beer. Yeah, if, if you want the if you want the quote unquote juicy beers, we've got a hundred percent citra hopped uh, pale ale, uh, noonday. But our our kind of flagship or mainstay at this point, uh, Dry County IPA, is uh, it is a. I guess you can't really call it a West Coast or an East Coast, but it's kind of a throwback IPA. Uh, I think early 2000s style um, that Chinook and Columbus on the on the front end and Simcoe Amarillo there on the back. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, uh, it's not not too forward leaning on the on the citrus or the juice. Uh, it's kind of more that straightforward middle of the road, maybe a little bit of citrus, a little bit of pine. Um, finishes real dry, uh, easy drinker. So right at 6.4 ABV. Nice, and that's one of those ones. And it seems like you guys. Other than this big boy stout I'm drinking, which I will tell you guys about later. We'll get into that a little later, but we'll start from the beginning. It seems like you kind of keep your beers under that 7.5 range. Is that intentional? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. So um, especially starting out draft only like we are, being in bars and restaurants, um, we want to create beers that are that are easy drinking, approachable, but still really, really high in flavor, um, really well made. 
uh, made to style, but uh, but are approachable, easy drinking. You can go to a bar, restaurant, drink three or four of them versus drink one or two of them and then be too full for your meal, right? So, right. Um, so that's what we're going for, and hopefully that's what we're accomplishing in most of our year rounds. Uh, you kind of alluded to it. Our seasonals, our one-offs, our different stuff like that, we're not afraid to get up there in the in the double digits and do things like that. But for our core and our year round, it is more on that approachable side. And speaking of approachable, you guys are open three days a week. Tell us a little bit about your tasting room, how people kind of get into it and come up here and check you guys out. Right, right. No, so we're uh, we are located in Kennesaw, Georgia. So uh, we're really only about half an hour uh, north of Atlanta, regardless of how how far up here you want to make a scene. But uh, <laughs> but no, we're uh, we're about half an hour north of Georgia, Kennesaw. Uh, we're about a mile and a half from Kennesaw State, about a mile from downtown. Uh, we've got our neighbors up here, Burnt Hickory, Southern Sky, Lazy Guy. So if you're into the craft beer and spirits, you know, there's there's other options as well that we definitely encourage you to check out. But we're, uh, yeah, we're open. Our tasting room has been open uh, since uh, September 8th, so about five, six weeks here now, I guess. Still still pretty new. Um, we've got about a 3,000-square-foot tasting room, 8 to 10 beers on tap all the time. Uh, Thursday, Friday, we're open 530 to 8.30. Saturday, we're open noon to 8. Um, we uh, we are a brewery, not a brew pub, so we don't have a kitchen on site, but our uh, our good neighbors here, the Nest uh, Barbecue and Craft Beer, check them out as well. Shameless nice. plugs here for everybody. Hey, they, uh, so love. They, they keep food on site for us here, sell food on site for us, um, so you can you can definitely get your fill here as well. Hey, another place you can get your fill of craft beer each and every week. It's here on the Beer It Is podcast. My name is Tobias Wilborn. We're here at Dry Cannibal with man Trey St. Clair. Trey, what are you sipping right now? Tell me about that beer. What's, yeah, what's so I'm uh, I'm sipping on what we call Neon Neon. It's our Berliner Weiss. Um, it is uh, it is super clean, about a three three pH for for those that that like to get into that and ask those type of questions on it. Nice. But um, but yeah, approachable Berliner. It's got the tartness, but it's not gonna make you you know feel like you're chewing on a warhead here. Um, really clean. We do. I like it. It's available year-round as of two weeks ago, um, but we also have had some really favorable reviews on our fruited versions of it. So we have a Neon Berries. It's a blackberry raspberry version. Uh, we got a Neon Shandy that will be coming out in the summer. A shandy, okay. That's a, uh, that's a Berliner Shandy kind of hybrid there, lemonade and Berliner Weiss. Uh, it's a, a nice combination. And then we got a, a Berliner Peach that uh, that has been, been out there as well that, so that people like. For the Shandy, because those beers kind of interest me, um, one of my favorite Shandies um, is a brewery called Hoppin' Frog up in Ohio. Right. They make it. They make one. And they do, they do they do two things with it. They do a barrel-aged one, which kind of ends up tasting like a whiskey sour. Okay. Which is just crazy. It ends up being like an 8% beer. But then a regular one, they brew the lemon peel kind of all the way through, you know, through the mash and so on and so forth. But you guys, like, how are you guys doing that for the Shandy? Right. So so the Shandy won't be released kind of in the market until until summertime 2017. So we've got some time to still work through the process on it. What we've put in the tasting room so far as kind of trial on it has mm-hmm. been uh, has been basically some lemon concentrate. Um, we've put that in the bright tank, mix it up, let it sit, get it right, um, put it out there. We've done a couple different versions with different amounts of lemon. So uh, we've got it. It tastes good, sweet, good, easy drink and summer beer, low ABV. So uh, be nice by the pool or, or lake or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, porch so, yeah. beer, exactly, you know, exactly. You sit back and kind of knock back a few of them. Right. Does it have a little bit of that salt feel to it, or just all? Uh, sweet? No, it's it's really uh, you got the tartness from the Berliner base, nice, um, and then balanced out with some sweetness from the the lemonade. A little so, savory, yeah. a little sweet. Right. Okay, not bad. Another place you can get some savory and sweet is here on Beer It Is each and every week. My name is Tobias Wilborn here at Dry Cannon Man Trey St. Clair, and he's just telling me about this wonderful brewery, Five Barrel Brew House. Yes, sir. How did you come upon going that route, at least to start? Right, so uh, 
yeah, I guess I guess with this, if you'll if you'll let me, I get, I'll get a little bit into our story yeah, and, uh, and how we got started because that's really how we came about to the five. So um, here with the laws in Georgia, I think it, it really only makes sense to, to go big, right? Go big or go home. Right, right, get, right. A, get a twenty, a thirty, however big barrel brew house to, to actually make money. Um, in this industry, in this state, with the way it's set up, not being able to sell across the bar here at the brewery, mm-hmm. um, sell package out of the brewery, that sort of thing. Um, so that, that is what our original business plan said. Um, we, were, uh, we did not have the money to start, start a 30-barrel brew house brewery. Uh, we went to a bunch of banks. We got told no a bunch of times. Uh, basically came to the realization we were going have to have to bootstrap it. So um, scraped together all the money we had, uh, started knocking on the doors of local breweries, got a hold of Lazy Magnolia in Mississippi, uh, they let us drive out there, brew our beer on their system, pay them, ship the beer back into Georgia, start selling it here. Wow. Um, by doing that, uh, for a few months, we were able then to, uh, to get a bank loan early this year. Um, we bought a five-barrel brew house because that's as much as our, our loan would allow us to buy. Fair so, so right now we're working on a five-barrel brew house, 10-barrel fermenters. Uh, we have the space you've seen today to, to grow into a, a much larger brewery. Um, but we're going to take our time doing that and, and focus on getting good, consistent, quality beer out in the market off this five-barrel. So. And how did you pick out this space? Kind of an interesting old-school industrial kind of feel to it. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, so step one in picking out a brewery space, it's it's got to be zoned industrial. So you, you kind of narrow yourself down into those right. those aspects. But then uh, we this is a freestanding space, 10,000 square feet. Uh, we wanted to go for that freestanding feel, um, give us a little bit more control over you know not having the neighbors that complain about the noise or, mm-hmm. or the brewery process or anything like that or the parking um so we've we've got a standalone ten thousand square feet uh we've got parking lot here for ourselves that sort of thing and really it was it was a lengthy process seven eight months of looking around kennesaw we knew we wanted to be in kennesaw uh, that's where home is that's where we wanted to be um but still seven eight month process looking around um talking to everybody that had space for lease and rent and uh and a lot of people not wanting breweries in there. A lot of landlords not not oh, knowing wow. about the brewing industry or wanting breweries. So we finally landed on this space. Uh, the landlord is actually a home winemaker, so that oh, nice. uh, so that works out. He he gets it. He's uh, he's a fan. He's come by and uh, and had a few with us as well. So uh, so yeah, no, we end up here and we're we're definitely happy. Again, we're mile and a half from the university, mile from downtown, mile from uh, less than a mile from the airport here in Kennesaw. There's a small small airport. Um, so yeah, right in the middle of everything, and, and definitely couldn't be happier with the location. So and it seems like. This is a spot where, like you said, you guys can grow. Look at this tasting room. It's a pretty big space. Uh, one of the things that caught my eye at the tasting room is the bar. Right. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the bar, uh, it's a uh, it's a wood and metal bar put together. I'm trying to describe it for the listeners at home. Uh, but basically the, the countertop, which I think is what you're alluding to, it's, it's a bunch of old pallet wood. Um, and then we've epoxied it over top or, or attempted to epoxy over top of it, right, with our... Yes. our uh, our expert skills here, but um, but yeah, no, the pallet wood all came from uh, it's it's a combination of a lot of things. All the all of our equipment that got shipped in, so those pallets. It's uh, it is pallets from our first grain order uh, that came in and got shipped in here, uh, as well as borrowing from some other local businesses here, our neighbors right around us. So so kind of a cool story, you know. Hopefully, ten years down the road, we're here and a lot bigger, and uh, can't really remember the first days we brewed, and that's a good reminder of it. So. Nice, nice. And you mentioned your first grain order, but let's go back into your start as a brewer. You're a home brewer. Um, you went to school in Athens, UGA, right? And yes, sir. Were you brewing in college? I was, yeah. So I got into craft beer. Uh, I was downtown Athens one night, and uh, somebody handed me a terrapin rye pale ale. It was like trapeze or one yeah, of those yeah, places? One of the, yeah. yeah, I probably wasn't, probably wasn't that high, high class back then. But, uh, <laughs> but no, got got handed a, a terrapin rye and had never had a had anything but Bud Light or PBR before then. Oh, that's, right? a, so, that's, a, that's so, a major upgrade. Uh, yeah. So I uh, was kind of blown away. Didn't realize beer could taste like that. So mm. uh, wanted wanted more of it. I was uh, I was 
if we if we keep it between us and your listeners at home. I was 19 at the time, so uh, it was it was easier to actually buy grain and hops and yeast and water and homebrew and brew my own beers than it was to go out and try to find these these really sought after really well made craft beers. So uh, so basically, just started doing as much research as I could, brewing at home as much as I could, and became a, a incredible passion of mine. So I'm still passionate about it, obviously. So I, I, okay, so I have I have some UJ alums who listen to the show. So where are you living then in Athens? Were you living on campus? Were you in dorms? Uh, back then, when I first started, I probably was living on campus. Um, where we ended up doing most of our homebrewing was kind of north side of campus, um, up there. And, uh, and so, not, not you weren't brewing in the dorm, or no, okay. no, not brewing in the dorm. We, we had a house. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, no, that would probably been a better story. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but no, we were brewing, brewing off campus, kind of north side. Okay, so, well, one yeah. of the guys had a crib. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. So now get the turkey fryer and the glue cooler out and all that. So uh, homebrew that way. So, so how cool were your parties? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess being in college and, and supplying a bunch of free beer that that, that definitely helped things out for sure. So, no, for sure. No, that doesn't hurt. Like, you know, hey, look, nothing else. We got beer, <laughs> right, right? And good beer. And so, like, what were the reactions from people who, like, I mean, it's college. What, what year was this? Yeah, this was back in like oh seven oh eight type okay. of thing. So, okay, so I'm saying like. I mean, Sweetwater was existing in Atlanta, obviously. Right. They were doing pretty well. You had Red Brick. I don't even. I don't think Monday Night was even around then. No, you had I, uh, Terrapin up there. Yeah, right? I'll, make, I'll make the Monday Night guys feel old, uh, Joel and them down there. But I still remember Shout sitting out in to my Joel. yeah, still sitting in my college apartment and uh, reading their first blogs about when they were like starting up and trying to start up. They weren't a brewery yet, but uh, wow. but talking about it and they do interviews with brewers and I used to eat those things up and, and read through them. So, uh, so shout out to Joel. He can feel old now that uh, I was sitting in my college apartment reading those blogs. Nice. So. Sitting in the dorm, sitting <laughs> in the apartment, you know, supposed to be studying algebra and all these other things, but you're, you're reading these brewers blogs. And, and by the way, those were some actually really good blogs. I mean, yeah, they, no, they got to interview some some high-profile people. You had Dogfish Head, and, yeah. if I remember, and um, different folks like that. They, they had were, a lot of really good brewers so, yeah. that they were just talking to and having real conversations with. Right, so, yeah, that, right. No one was super helpful. Helpful to me in the process of coming up for sure, and inspirational, no doubt. So, so in summary, Jonathan Baker, bring those blogs back, man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> bring them back, man. I'm telling you, man, people learn a lot from those things. But you know, from there, okay, so you're reading the blogs, and like I said, there wasn't a lot of Georgia beer. Like a lot of the places that people know, Creature Comforts didn't yeah, exist. Right. So, no, no, no. A lot of people didn't exist. Um, I think I was also fortunate. So the Monday Night guys with their blog and all that um definitely helped out and then i also was uh was friends with with nick from reformation nice. up there so we uh homebrewed it is nick the preacher or the pilot he's the pilot pilot so, yeah. yeah spencer spencer the preacher uh i didn't know him as well back then mm-hmm. good friends with him now uh both great guys but no uh nick uh was a mutual friend of, of me and a, a guy my buddy named zach that i homebrewed with all the time uh nick was nick was a little further along in his brewing processes mm-hmm. um they weren't a brewery yet by any means but further along bigger nicer equipment than what we had and being a pilot he'd, he'd fly over and get himself or make connections on nicer and bigger equipment well, of course um, and, and remember, probably getting all crazy types uh, of grains and hops yeah. he'd, he'd come back and uh we'd, we'd get his hand-me-downs and stuff here and there so he was nice it's enough back then to borrow let us borrow equipment and uh he's he's still helped us out now that we're, we're both professional breweries so we've we've stored some hops at his place and things like that so uh so yeah good good industry great industry all great people that we're talking about for sure and so because again one of the things that we talked about this earlier a reoccurring theme that i've noticed with brewers as i've been doing this podcast and writing about beer and everything is that one they generally kind of all kind of you guys generally kind of all kind of either know each other or came up around some kind of way or loose connected and you all seem to have very supportive spouses tell me about the wife man yeah so uh so i am married uh my wife is a middle school teacher, 
Uh, so while we're getting the brewery up and going and have been getting the brewery up and going, uh, living off a, a middle school salary, not paying myself yet. So Shout out to her. <laughs> shout out to her. There you go. Um, she'll enjoy the shout out. But, uh, you got babies? But yeah, no, no babies. So okay, we'll good. knock on this picnic table here. Right, right. Us, not but, yet. Not ready but, yet. Yeah, yeah. No, but, uh, but no, so that's that's that. And uh, she comes up here and works the, the front counter, taking the money at the at the brewery every once in a while. So, right, right. Yeah. she got to make sure the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So. Wifey's not playing around. <laughs> but, no, that's, but that's a beautiful thing where it seems like, it, you have to have the support system in place. No, I think, well, I think you, you can't lose this, right? You got to have the support system in place, family, friends, uh, the rest of the brewing industry. Like you said, we're all close knit, and I think you have to be. Uh, regulations kind of stacked against you, big guys, you know, out there running campaigns or whatever it may be. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely definitely good and definitely a fun industry to be a part of. And I tell you, we're gonna have fun each and every week. Tune in to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn here at Dry County with my man Trace and Claire. And we talked family, we talked beer, we just talked life in general because I think the beer is great, but it's more about the stories behind it. So let's get into this bad ombre stuff that I'm <laughs> right. having. Right. Yeah, no, so uh, so bad ombre, uh, folks at home can probably put two and together on where the name came from. Uh, it was originally going to be called the, I was telling you guys off air, it was originally going to be called the, the Huge Imperial Stout. Um, but uh, we were kind of blessed with with the ability to call it what we're calling it now right. um watching watching some tv one night but uh <laughs> yeah it's a it's an 11 percent imperial stout uh we start with that uh basic imperial stout body and then we are uh, palate and then we add uh vanilla beans and cocoa nibs in the uh in the bright once we get those tasting right we threw about 200 habanero peppers in there mm. um get some get some peppers soaking on it and we basically taste it every few hours until we we think it's tasting right throw it in the kegs um so we were talking off air beforehand. It's not it's not a burn your throat type of heat. It's just a there noticeable kind of nice little kick. Yeah, it's um, there. And uh, vanilla and cocoa nibs there kind of smooth out the alcohol heat. Um, really, in my opinion, not much alcohol heat to be to be found in it. So it makes it, it a little dangerous for an eleven and a half. It kind of uh, reminds me clown shoes that have their Mexican sombrero yeah. beer. It kind of gives me that kind of feel. Where it's like a little bit of like Mexican chocolate feel, yeah, but yeah. it's not. No, well, that's uh, I appreciate that. That's a great company to be in, but uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that beer as well. Yeah, that's what and, and I, what I love about that beer in particular is you can kind of get it a little bit, and sometimes you catch a bottle of it really affordably. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's a good, really good beer. Yeah, no, so shout out to uh, to Baron, our our head brewer here that that put that together, and that this is all his so his brainchild and, and recipe and everything. So definitely tasting good, and then. Uh, Actually, we'll, we'll keep the shout-outs going. Shout-out to uh, Thomas Monty from Schoolhouse uh, Beer and Growlers down in Marietta. He he actually threw the name out there on uh, on social media to us, so we, we stole it, and uh, hopefully Thomas hasn't copywritten it, copywritten, <laughs> copywritten it or anything, so uh, forgive us there. So would this be something like you may, like, and I, by the way, you guys, you can come down here and get Growlers. Would something like yep. a person could come down here and, and purchase and take home right, with them? Right, so we... Uh, the state allows us to give you up to 72 ounces of beer to go. After a tour. After a tour, obviously, of course. Because um, we, we would do, never, ever. No, no, no. So we do, we do crowler tours. Uh, each crowler is 32 ounces, two pints. Um, each crowler tour is $6, and you can legally purchase two crowler tours per person. So um, you can walk out of here with 12 bucks and 64 ounces of beer. So. Wow. And... At this year, at eleven point five, yeah, we might we might tack a couple bucks on extra I, to that I one. I think but, that's uh, probably fair, but, uh, but yeah. So uh, in general, across the board, ninety eight percent of our beers you can walk out six bucks. So. Right, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I would love to see this beer in a bomber, maybe barrel aged. There you go, there you go. We might have a couple barrels in the back that we're uh, we're we're using this on. We'll see. So our our lazy guy neighbors here, they've uh, we've definitely been talking barrels and and 
sharing barrels with them. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely leaning in that direction. And um, like I said, draft only right now, but hopefully we will be getting out into Bombers here soon, um, this beer or another beer similar. So. And I tell you what, you know we can find out what that's going on. It's here on Beer It Is. My name's Tobias Wilborn here at Dry County on the CSPN Network. My man, Trey Sinclair. And this guy's interesting, man, because he's got the homebrew background. He may or may not have been brewing over in Tate in the dorms back over there. <laughs> or he may or may not have been, you know, supplying beer to people up in Athens and doing the whole thing. But what's it like going from – you start with a Mr. Beer. Shout out to Mr. Beer. That is like the old school, Yep. you know, first – Plastic barrel. Yeah, yep. exactly. Old school, all extract, right. no grain. Yep. Going from there – then getting to the stove, because you're not even on the stove with the, really, with the Mr. Beer. Right. Then going from there, getting on the stove, then expanding, man. Tell me about just that process. Yeah, no, so, I mean, it's definitely a process and an evolution. Any home brewer has probably gone through it and knows it, and I think that's what's, what's so cool is probably every brewer in the state started out as a home brewer. So, right. Um, yeah, you start out with those Mr. Beer kits, those, you know, $99, and you can brew two gallons of beer. Um, start out with that, go to a little more, more uh, official extract. Um, or, you know, kind of half and half, and then you go all grain, you get the turkey fryer, the, the igloo cooler, um, do all that type of thing. And then uh, we, when we when me and my homebrew buddies were getting really serious about it, uh, we got into one of those brew magics, so kind of the more automated, you know, three-tier yeah, system type man. of thing. Um, doing that and uh, dialing in recipes, and then uh, from that to, uh, to, to brewing on a professional scale. So definitely a, a big leap and, and fun to dial those recipes back in. And so now, when you're going to Lazy Magnolia, what were you brewing on over there? Because they, they they're, they're pretty big boy over there. Yeah, no, they're they're big boy. So we took our recipes, you know, ten gallon homebrew, and we scaled it up to sixty barrels right off the bat. Woo! So, that so, had to be a big deal. I mean, because I yeah. mean, a sixty barrel system is it's massive. Yeah, so it's huge. It's, uh, and it's, it's not crazy. small. I mean, yeah. no, no, it's a little daunting, a little overwhelming, but it was. Uh, Really, again, at that point in time, that was our only option if we wanted Dry County to exist. So it was go over there and you know take the leap of faith. Their their pilot system was my homebrew system. It's the exact same one. So uh, wow. so we couldn't really brew any pilot batches there. Their pilot Did batches they have like a ten barrel system. To pilot no, their, their pilot just... is the is the brew magic. So uh, wow. So they jumped from that to the sixties. Uh, we jumped from that to the sixty. Uh, we've been super happy with the with the quality of the beer, the consistency of the beer. Um, they've been great partners to us and, and helped us out a ton. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be here. So uh, so definitely definitely uh, shout out to them as well. Um, but but no, that was definitely uh, daunting and, and scary and every every adjective you can think of. So and that's got to be cool, like being able to form that relationship with. I mean, a brewery that's been around. I think look, they got what ten years in the game somewhere. There. Yeah, probably probably more than that. I yeah. should know off the top of my head. I know they're definitely the oldest brewery in Mississippi. Mississippi yeah. um, Mississippi's not a great brewery, <laughs> right? I mean, but, uh, but they have better laws than Georgia. No, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Set that one up. Now they'll uh, they're better than Georgia. So right. uh, in terms of in terms of regulation. So, so I'm curious uh, to see yeah. what it be more breweries coming in. Right. No. State. No. Yeah, it'll I'm be old. it'll be interesting. Interesting, um, but no, they're putting out putting out good beers, and they've helped us, us out a ton. And they're kind of one of the the originals over there, and in, in the southeast for sure. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I still love that Jefferson Stout. I still love that pecan brown ale, man. So, man, yeah. salute to those guys because they've been able to do it. I think in that in that particular area of the country, it was a beta. Right. Um, Wow, there's a couple out of Baton Rouge that are pretty yeah, decent. Yeah, but no, back in the that day, was about that it. Was yeah. About it. So, but no, and they, and they have done an awesome job for the. Uh, 
kind of southeastern beer scene. Them and Thomas Creek both yeah. uh, helping helping out. Mexican other cake, get man. Started. So yeah, yeah, no, and and so Westbrook up there, but no, Westbrook, uh, yeah, Westbrook, yeah, Westbrook, no yeah. Thomas Westbrook, Creek knows helped out yeah. with a lot of the uh, the contract brewing and stuff. I think so. Old Dempsey's was uh, contract brewing out of there for a yeah. While. No, you've had you've had a few Georgia breweries do it and do that route, and uh, we talked to them as well, but. Uh, but yeah, no. Without those guys, uh, you wouldn't have a lot of Georgia beer. So, um, so definitely, definitely, props to them. And that's the thing that what people don't realize is this is one industry where you cannot go at it alone. You got to have a lot of support, a lot of the people around you helping you. And speaking of that, you're in Kennesaw, so you have the Nest as a, I, I would say, a premier beer bar. Right, as far right. as up this way, I mean, where they have like 80-some taps, I mean, yeah, I think, think 50-something on there, but they're all awesome craft right. taps. Yeah, yeah, sure. they don't mess so, around. Yeah. They, they have really good beer. And then, obviously, as brews, you have Southern Sky. They're kind of coming along. Yep. And then you have yep. a man, Scott at Berhickery. Right, right. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, man, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, then you got Lazy Guy on the distillery Lazy Guy on the side, so, side. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what's it like kind of having your little corridor over here, no, it's awesome. I think we've got we've got a really good craft alcohol, um, craft beer scene going on here in Kennesaw. Um, kind of carving our little niche and kind of corner of the world out over here. This was a PBR town there you for go. a long time. There you go. Yeah, no. So now we got we got three beers all all pumping out pumping out local craft beer. That's that's good stuff. And uh, and yeah, it's 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 nice to have those guys to lean on too. Uh, Scott and I we a few months back did a, a small collaboration. Our IPA with mm-hmm. some. Some pineapple and coconut to the pina colada IPA. I like that beer. Um, that was we'll, fun. Uh, we might be bringing it back. This is me saying it on the air, so Scott has to has to do it. Um, Scott, pressure him into hey, it. Dean. Yeah, there you Make go. That beer happened, brother. There you go. But uh, <laughs> but no, so it's it's fun, you know, and uh, it is it is an industry. We've talked about it already multiple times. Where uh, we're we're all, I guess, if if the market wants to say it, competitors. But we we'd probably say it more. You know, we're we're all here to see each other succeed. You know, r- rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. Right. So. I mean, well, it's I got to tell you, it's not like. Walmart trying to be Kmart. This, it isn't that in craft beer. It is you guys need Scott brewing his um, say yeah, pumpkin gotta, porter. Yeah, he's got weird shit. Yeah, he does. he's got to get that cannon dragger out there and all that stuff. Right, but, right, and um, the digits and, the and all, digits that stuff. all that. I mean, if if local breweries, any brewery in the state, really, because it's it's really about Georgia beer. If if Georgia beer is brewing good beer, then it helps us out. And right, Georgia beer because people want to try your stuff. It, it hurts us. Yeah, so um, so for sure. And I, I think probably every brewery feels the same way. Yeah, and speaking of feeling the same way, each and every week, you can come in on Beer It Is, find me here talking to brewers all over the country, particularly kind of based out of Georgia, that's where I am now, but more importantly, you learn. And so today we're learning from Dry County, my man, Trey Sinclair, he's talking me through their scene and their brewery. So what's coming for the fall, man? Yeah, so for the fall, uh, we just launched a couple new beers that are uh, they're maybe not seasonal in nature, but they're they're new members of our core lineup. So Noonday, it's a hundred percent Citra Hop Pale Ale. That was a um, fun one, y'all. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is definitely. I like a single hop beers. Yeah. yeah, no, they're they're good for sure. And then uh, Old Forty One is our oatmeal stout. Uh, so both of those are now launched out year-round. You can find a little bit of Neon Neon, our Berliner, as well. Um, here in November, uh, we'll be launching uh, Chocolate Porter. It's kind of a seasonal. Um, Ooh, we'll, tell me about that. Yeah, so we'll let you taste that one here next. It's a approachable 6% straight-up porter. Uh, chocolate, no no true chocolate cocoa nibs or anything. It's chocolate malt, pale malt, mm-hmm. uh, different things like that in there. But a uh, nice little little change up to the Old 41. It's kind of a more bitter, right, oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, chocolate Porter, a little sweeter side, dark beer. So, uh, yeah, we'll have that out there. Um, approachable seasonal well i'll tell you what guys listen to beer it is on the CSPN network i'm taking a quick pause for the cause because i want to try this chocolate porter 
Just a little sample of it so we can talk about it. Then we'll get back and we'll wrap up with my man, Trey St. Clair, here at Dry County. All right, boys and girls, took a quick pause, and now I am back with my man, Trey Sinclair, here at Dry County. My name is Tobias Wilborn here on Brew It Is. Again, shout out to Melanie, shout out to Classic for allowing me to do this each and every week on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, everywhere else we can find a podcast for absolutely free. So, we're now having the Chocolate Porter, which slightly above sessionable right at it. I mean, I kind of consider sessionable like that 3.5 It's about... Maybe four eight-ish range. Right. It's not a five-five, which I mean yeah, yeah. isn't too heavy, but it's very drinkable. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Tell me about this beer, man. Look, got yeah. a little chocolate going on. Yeah, so like you said, about five and a half. Uh, so it's maybe not technically sessionable, but still it's easy in the drinking, approachable. Right. You can drink a few of them, um, and so yeah, it's a uh, chocolate porter, uh, straight up porter body, uh, some pale chocolate malt, some dark chocolate malt. Uh, got both of those in there, so um, so yeah, you get that that chocolate on the on the back end. You also get it a little bit in the aroma. Um, it is sweeter, obviously, than our than our oatmeal stout, our old forty one, which is a little more on the roasty side. Uh, but again, just a, a different mouthfeel. Yeah, different mouthfeel on it. Again, just a good easy well, drinker for uh, for the the warmer or the colder months here as we're we're getting into winter. So. I mean, it's a porter, so it's supposed to have a little thinner mouthfeel than the stout. So it does what it's supposed to do. Right. It smells good. It just yeah, yeah, no, and so uh, you're asking about seasonals. We mentioned this beer, um, a couple others that I'm personally excited about as well that are that'll be coming out. Might not necessarily be seasonals, but that'll be coming out soon. Uh, and that you've already you've already had the, the pleasure of drinking out in the market. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one, Kennesaw Bourbon Ale. Um, so, that's a fun one, yeah. So that's seven and a half percent. It's a, a strong amber base. Um, and then we add some uh, oak spirals that have soaked in Lazy Guy bourbon from right here in Kennesaw. Add that to the bright, uh, let that sit for about a week. Uh, gets that nice vanilla oak character to it, uh, but does not make an overpowering or super heavy beer by any means. It's mm. a it's a seven and a half approachable. Again, not to stress it too much and say it too much. That's kind of the theme in our our beers is uh, is is clean and and easy drinking. So so like when you say approachable, like is that just a motto for Dry County as far as just Hey, you can come in here. You can have a couple. Like, yeah, no, can... I think uh, I think for us, and and I'm not by any means meaning to say it as much as I am today on the, no, on the podcast, yeah. but I think, uh, but I think no, it's it's that's what we want our brand to be and stand for. We want to grow this this uh, craft beer pie. So um, we want to get more people drinking craft beer. Uh, that's one of the benefits of being in a college town, as you can get those new drinkers every year that are turning 21. Uh, get them into craft beer before they spend 20 years drinking right. Bud Miller Coors. So, uh, so yeah, we want to get people in and, and get them get them drinking craft beer and the better stuff, the local stuff. So, yeah. What's kind of interesting? I do a lot of work in Tallahassee, Florida, and one of the things I noticed. Shout out to Brian Burroughs at Proof. Proof shout Brian. out. Oh, awesome man, they're spot, really, man. Yeah, they're really, so you know proof. So yeah, no proof. Yeah, I've had I've had their stuff. I've been to their place. They stay busy. They stay they stay crazy. So right, and that's the thing because again, so obviously you know the brews. So and now there's Grasslands. There's a couple other places. Right. Um, you can go to Madison Social get good beer. Deep Brewing has come along. Shout out to those guys, and I'm mentioning them all because I like those guys a lot. Tallahassee Brewing. So there's I think five breweries 
in Tallahassee. It's not including like the Wakulla and a couple other places in that area. If you know, if you're familiar with the area. But the point I'm making is that there's college kids now, 21 and up. If you're a beer, it is listener <laughs> that are coming of age drinking really good beer. And I'm kind of envious of them being a guy who's, you know, in my early to mid-30s. And I was drinking, you know, PBRs yeah, yeah. and Coronas and Heinekens. Yeah. And these kids now, they're like, like I said, they're going to proof and they're drinking the Warpath, which is like a 9% double IPA, which right. is a crazy beer. Or they're drinking the 850, which is like they're Belgian with um, mango. And they're learning these complicated flavors, man. So that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, and that's what that's kind of that's one of the reasons that drove us into brewing and drove us into into Kennesaw, um, being from this area, being from Woodstock, just north of here. Um, it's it's really about. I was fortunate enough for someone to hand me a, a good local craft beer, uh, Terrapin Rye, when I was when I was. Uh, that's still a good beer to this day. No, yeah, that's, that's a that's a classic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I want to do the same thing. You know, I want. I want our beer to be out there to where people are handing it to each other in Kennesaw and, and drinking that before they uh, before they spend their time drinking something else, you know. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, and more importantly, it's local. to are getting the flavors of it. And that's going to be pretty cool. So, for you, like I said, you started with the Terrapin. And then what was next? Like, where, like did you hit other states? Like, did you start brewing your own? Like, how did you really get into Yeah, no, so, I mean, it was really, you know, start brewing my own soon after that. But uh, I'd say biggest inspirations beer wise were just i mean being a 20 something year old in georgia it back then and that was at least for me that was before beer trading was really a big thing right, right, so right it right. was uh it was terrapin and sweetwater and and red brick here and there were uh were really what you had to to mm-hmm. rely on and then you know buddy's home brews and and my home brews and things like that but we'd we'd uh basically look up recipes online and different beers that were being talked about all over the country and and brew them so uh so that was definitely a big thing and then and then you're i think the beers you know the folks that got into home brewing maybe 10 15 years before me would always talk about his inspirations you know sierra pale and and uh different things so like, you ever that like cloning are still those? are still uh, definitely inspirations and no i think cloning is how you you improve your your homebrew craft at the beginning so i've cloned probably all the 50 largest craft beers that there are you know <laughs> so i'm um, brewing all those and drinking all those so uh so no definitely i think cloning is an awesome way for the homebrewers at home to to kind of hone their skills and, and get in on it because uh brewing a good homebrew is not that hard like we all brew a good homebrew it's right. it's brewing a beer that ends up tasting like you want it to taste which is every which time is pretty, yeah. pretty difficult so uh so yeah no and fun as well so what's your favorite beer to clone uh, i mean i really do like uh sierra pale i like i like cloning uh cloning um oscar blues pale um, Dale's Pale. I like Dale's Pale, that, yeah, that's so a good Dale's one. Dale's Pale is a good one. Um, but then those big, big stouts are fun too to mess with and, and try different stuff. But for me, it was mainly just messing around with IPAs and, and seeing if I could get the same hop character other breweries were getting out there professionally. Was so. there a particular big stout that you were like, I gotta do this, and then it came out? Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you one that I was like, I gotta do it. Um, but all the all the big ones are fun. Um, I was doing like Sierra stouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. Some of the more just like classic styles on it. Um, and and yeah, I mean that's, that's like the North favorite. Coast Rasputin. Those yeah, kind yeah, you of, get yeah. you get into the Rasputin and that sort of thing. Also going into like the uh, the the stouts um, importers from from Europe and trying to clone those. Nice. That's kind of how you learn water chemistry. At least how I did was mm-hmm. trying to clone some of the European styles and uh, and messing with your water to get it just right and try to get that mouthfeel and texture and everything. So um, so yeah, no doubt. And that's just got to be one of the things where you just learn the game and it has to feel good when you get it right. Yeah, no, I think. Uh, I think you got to be a student of it, uh, reading on it, brewing on it, doing all that stuff, drinking it. And that's the that's the fun way to study. But uh, 
but yeah, no, for sure, for sure. It's just it's it's a passion, and it is for just the same for everyone else in the industry. So. Hey, man, and I tell you where you can get fulfill your passion each every week here on Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Nubias Wilborn. I'm here at Dry County, talking to my man Trey Sinclair, and you know I met this guy at beer festivals. We've been at bars, so I mean, he's just really, like I said, a young man really into this game and getting into it. So, who are some brewers that you've met that you're like? Oh my God! Like I'm excited meeting this guy or whomever. Yeah, um, getting excited, getting Star Trek, that sort of thing. I uh, I haven't I haven't really met too many too many famous brewers or anything by by that stretch. But uh, no, I think for me a lot of it was uh, like I said earlier, talking about the the Monday night guys. You know, being in my in my dorm room reading about their blog and everything when they nice. were getting up and going, and now hanging out with those guys here and there and uh, being in the in the scene with them. I think that's kind of cool for me to kind of come almost full circle in that small way there. Um, meeting meeting uh, Spike and John from Terrapin was kind of the same way. You know, their beer is what got me into craft beer. Right. So now meeting them at guild meetings, meeting them at, at wherever we might meet, fest or whatever it may be, CBC, um, and uh, and getting to talk with them. And, you know, that's that's kind of a cool moment for me. Um, then I think, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's that's those are probably off the top of my head, uh, those guys there. Um when you were first asking the question and saying brewers you met and you know so you said wow i mean i think uh you don't really have to leave kennesaw and you got scott Dean right here oh, so bless his heart so, so we might say it in different ways for him but uh <laughs> but yeah so so you got that angle to it as well right but i was saying, but and that's cool like when you get to like you know you look up to somebody i mean for me it was as a sports writer it was like looking at the guys like Stuart scott and brian burwell and then one day i'm in the press box and i'm sitting between those guys yeah it's like no i think i think in the other here, angle to yeah. it too is like uh, meeting the brewer- brewers and breweries and all that is one thing, and that's probably the that's probably the cooler angle of it because it is the people you know and, and mm-hmm. the people behind it and the passion behind it. Uh, it is also cool as a professional brewer, you know, those first couple months you're out in the market to you know see your beer between a uh, Sierra Nevada and a Sweetwater IPA, and be nice. like, that's kind of the you know the two angles of like the local guys who paved the way for a lot of us, and then the national guys who paved the way for for most of us, you know. So to see your beer kind of stuck in there between the two of them is kind of a cool feeling. So. So where was the first place you had your beer on tap? That was it your spot. Yeah, yeah. So our our initial launch, first beer in the market, uh, November fifteenth, I believe it was last year. So we're we're coming up on a year here of having beer in the market. Um, was uh, a sports bar in Woodstock called Gustin's. Uh, Donnie, the owner up there, he's been super awesome to us as we've been getting up and going. Uh, that was kind of the spot myself and Jordan Cooper, the other co-founder here at Dry County, uh, would go and have a few beers and throw a few beers back if we were kind of writing the business nice. plan and getting it all together. So um, we, uh, Donnie was nice enough to throw us on tap there, uh, had a had kind of a launch party IPA type and of that's deal. that's a place where you could go drink beer, right? Yeah, no, yeah. for sure, for sure. It's not a, you know, it's not a Nest 58 tap type of thing with a bunch yeah. of awesome craft beers, but it's that local corner spot right there that, mm-hmm. you know, good beers, good food, all that stuff. And right. uh, we've had our beer on there since day one. It's still on tap there, you know, 11 months later. Um, selling and Donnie's got three locations now, Ackworth and Kennesaw as well. Nice. We're on tap at all three of those. So uh, that was kind of the first place. That was cool. You know, the first time you see your beer on at a at a Taco Mac or something is fun too. But those are all kind of those are those aren't the the big picture of the why and all that. You know, that's kind of the side stuff and kind of just the the here and there and cool for a minute type of deal. But uh, the bigger picture really is just spreading craft beer here, Kennesaw, Georgia, all of that, and and brewing beers that, that we can be proud of and uh, and glad that we're adding to the scene. From what I hear, it's kind of like uh, an artist. First time they hear their song on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not super sentimental of a guy. So it's not a it's not 
it's not too much like that, but no, for sure it is uh, not to downplay it. It is cool, and it's uh, it's awesome to sit there and you know get a credit on your Takamak Brew University or whatever, and which will be right, be brewed, right? So uh, sometimes it feels a little wrong having to pay having to pay six bucks for your beer somewhere <laughs> or something, you know, but uh, having to pay for the beer you brewed. But uh, but no, it's it's cool and it's 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 fun. Do you ever tell like when you go to place, you ever tell them like, hey, I, I made this, or you just kind of just sit back and? No, I don't think I I don't I don't go out of my way and, and tell people I uh, I. I'm obviously in the market all the time, so there's a good bit of people who know who I go are. to their place yeah. and know that I'm with a certain brewery and know I'm going to cert- drink a certain beer when I go in there. But uh, but no, for the, that's kind of the fun of it too, is to sit back and not let them know and see how they talk about your brand or if they push it or you know different things like that. So what they say, other people are saying about it. So it's uh, it's fun to do a little market research, kind of incognito. So. Nice. By the way, you guys, this is the Beard Is on the CSP Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn here at Dry County, but man, Trace Sinclair. So like, do you ever like you go to places? And say whether it's Diesel in Midtown, whether it's Hand in Hand, you know, whether it's the Nest over here. Maybe the Nest is a little different because it's, you know, it's yeah, in your yeah. backyard. Yep. But you ever go to a place where you haven't been and you see people ordering and then just what are you thinking there? As you, maybe you order your beer. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm always ordering my beer when I'm out, and I see it because uh, you gotta you gotta get another data point. Is it tasting good on the line, or the line's clean? Is the beer good? All that stuff. Right, right, know? that's important. Um, you gotta do your market market research there. Um, quality control, so right. another excuse to drink. Fair uh, enough. But no, then it, it, when you see the people uh, see people ordering it, it's uh, you know always going up, talk to them, tell them thanks for ordering it. I mean, without them ordering it, we don't have beer. You know, in the market, we're not we don't have a brewery here. So uh, talking to them, just getting their opinion. Uh, tell them thanks. Ask them what else they like to drink, what their go-to's are, that sort of thing. So, to me, I I nerd out about it a lot, and it's uh, it's a big passion of mine. It's just you know finding out what people are drinking, what the trends are, what what uh, people like and don't like, and uh, want to see come next, and all that type of stuff. So, so, um, so no, for sure. What's the craziest feedback you've ever gotten? Oh, I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> to, to me. It, to me, it's crazy when people will. Um, Tell me that you know spots where my IPA has been on for six months or something, uh, or any beer of mine's been on for six months. Tell me they, you know, they come there and that's what they drink and they drink it every time. To me, that's kind of crazy to have a beer of mine be like a go-to for somebody. Wow. Um, or you know, hey, I used to come in here all the time and drink X IPA, you know, from XYZ Brewery, and now I drink this IPA all the time. You know, this is my go-to type of thing. Um, that's kind of cool and still surreal at this point to have people that that have it be that. But uh, but that's why we're doing it is to to give people beers that they can go to and drink all the time, and it's not. Not a uh, not something they'll they'll get tired of. Do so. you check the untapped and the rate beer and all that stuff, or you try to avoid it? What do you? I I check it. Uh, mainly two reasons. One is we go on there, we interact with folks. You know, we'll comment on them or we'll toast them or all that sort of thing. Nice. Um, that always then, feels good too, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 And then also just to see, like, if we do if we do get a rating that says the beer tastes like X or Y, you know, to go check out and see is it a dirty line, is it a whatever type of keg or something so um we use it for quality control there as well i don't really get big hung up on the ratings all our beers have have really good untapped ratings um but i don't really get hung up on it i'll uh shout out to my my brewer again uh baron here at dry county he, he like he likes to go he likes to go look at those untapped ratings and and read them and text them to me and things like that but uh but no i'm i'm not really big on it i try to try to stay out of those so. i know some brewers who like they're on it and those yeah. brewers are like you know what i'm just <laughs> gonna right. just kind of Right, check and see. And yeah, no. So it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a rabbit hole if you want it to be. I can imagine. Speaking of the rabbit hole, get down <laughs> the rabbit hole each and every week here on Beard Is. My name is Tobias Wilborn here on the CSPN Network. Talking to my man Trey Sinclair at Dry County. We're going to wrap it up on this. Trey, where do you see this brewery in the next five years? Yeah, so the next five years, uh, this industry is crazy. It's growing so fast and changing so fast. 
Uh, anything we say here is probably going to be wrong. But, Fair uh, enough. But uh, five years from now, I mean, right now we're distributed through Atlanta Beverage and Eagle Rock, so we're basically like Atlanta North, Atlanta Northwest. Um, five years, I'd, I'd like to see us be statewide. Um, don't really have plans to be outside the state. Uh, it's really a, we're a Georgia brewery. We want you to drink beer from here. I don't want to go to Tennessee and tell people in Tennessee to drink beer from Georgia. Drink it's, beer uh, from here. It's drink beer from here. It's uh, we're going to be statewide brewing beer. Um, I see us bigger system than a five barrel. I see us in package uh, right now. We're draft only, um, but those would kind of really be the same thing. Still, hopefully, brewing uh, really good uh, to easy drinking year-rounds and those crazy one-off seasonals and, and one-times that people get excited about and, uh, and growing craft beer here in Kennesaw and here in Georgia. So. All right, man, and I appreciate it. Again, this has been the Bias of One on Beer It Is at Dry County. Thank you so much, Trey. Thank you. It's been fun. Hey, man, look forward to coming back drinking more, some more of your stuff. Yes, sir.